Hey, this is Steve from the Potter Than Hell podcast. You listen to my good friends, David and Chris, on the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. It's that time of the week again. You are about to participate in a great adventure. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris. Oh my God! As they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. As well as the music of today. Excuse me while I whip this out. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Who are those guys? Damn, stop. Stop. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts. Come on, quit stalling! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very fun and special edition of the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. This is David. I'm here, as always, with my faithful co-host, Chris. Mr. Craig, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Man, I can't complain. I cannot complain. We've got a fun episode uh, for everyone. Before we get started, I do want to say follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, on Instagram, Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast, and also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, soundcloud and Podchaser. so we have a uh, very special uh episode for you guys this week um a little over a year ago chris and i went to the uh, nashville rock and pod expo and we met up with uh, steve wright and brian bc chapman uh from the potter than hell uh podcast and they were new to the game just like we were they didn't have a table or anything and you know they knew one or two people like we did and um, we were just kind of all, we wound up talking in front of the bar there for a while. And uh, as we went our separate ways, Steve and I uh, exchanged um, business cards and just really uh, kept in close contact with Steve. And uh, Steve and I, I, I very, very, very thankful for his friendship. And uh, this year we hung out with these guys for several days in a row. And, and like we said on our, uh, our Nashville Rock and Pot Expo uh, recap, just, uh, just feel like these these guys are going to be lifelong friends, like brothers, and uh, we'll just we'll just call them my brothers from up north. But uh, so before we uh, get to our topic, I want to introduce everybody. We have Dylan, BC, and Steve Look, from the Potter Hill Podcast. How's it going, guys? It is going great. Uh, we're at a on a good run of uh, some cool topics and shows that we've had lately, and. Uh, it was awesome spending time with you guys down there in Nashville, especially Saturday night, I got to say. And uh, thanks for having us along. Uh, Everybody laughing. Let's, 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 that again? No, let's don't get going because I'm going to lose it. Um, um, Steve, uh, you kind of, I think, kind of spearheaded uh, the, the, your podcast initially. 
why don't you tell everybody, first of all, where they can find you and then a little bit of history uh, about you and BC and Dylan. And then uh, Ryan, uh, BB, who is uh, also one of their co-hosts, can't be with us tonight. Just kind of give everybody a brief uh, recap of how you guys got to got to where you are. Sure. Um, Dylan, actually, uh, my son and our awesome, uh, we'll call him the keyboard player here. He pretty much got me into podcasts. I didn't know what, you know, what they were. And I started listening to them and started listening to all the different, uh, I pretty much started with the Kiss podcast and branched out into other like hard rock and metal ones. And I said, you know what? I found myself talking back to these podcasts. Like I, I, if we were talking about this, I would say this. And I figured, you know what? Let's, I want to try and do one myself. And I talked over it with Dylan and got BC on board and we got it rolling, brought BB in a little bit after we got going and hooked up with you guys, went to the expo and um, we're doing good. We're uh, almost up to 70 episodes. We've been doing it for about a year and a half and you can find us on uh, YouTube and iTunes, uh, pretty much anywhere you can, can find a podcast. Uh, Google Play we're on. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We post videos every week. So it's uh, it's been an interesting ride. And, and, and the best part of it is we, we got to be friends with guys like you. Yeah, it's it's a really fun podcast. I think the, the episode that you guys uh, had that hooked me in, and it was right before the expo last year, was your uh, Van Halen discussion. And y'all had, uh, I can't remember her name, y'all had a female on there. And, uh, yeah, uh, and also your episode, I think you and Dylan did it maybe while you were at Myrtle Beach on um, the Some Kind of Monster. Um, uh, was it the album or the documentary that you guys did a podcast on? We did both, actually. <coughs> I really wanted to talk about that documentary because it's hilarious. Absolutely the funniest thing you'll ever watch. Yeah, and it was like pulling teeth for Dylan to get me to agree to do it. And then, uh, you know, once I, I watched it and listened to the album, it you know wasn't as bad as I thought. And uh, it was a fun episode to do. And we kind of made that a tradition. We recorded an episode this year while we were on vacation. We did an, uh, an Iron Maiden one, the, the Blaze Bailey years kind of one. And uh, so it seems like we do one on vacation. It seems to be an unpopular subject when we do it. But we've gotten, you know, good feedback on doing those types of episodes. All right. So, Dylan, uh, you're, you're obviously younger since you're Steve's uh, son. But uh, you and Chris uh, are, are kindred spirits, at least when it comes to Alkaline Trio. Um, I know I heard on the recap episode how much fun you had at that show. And then Chris has talked about he actually got starstruck uh, when Matt Skiba came out. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that show and, and just how much fun you and Chris had? Well, let me tell you, I was so shocked when I heard that Chris was going to be going to see Alkaline Trio while we were in Nashville. I'm like, I didn't think anybody at this expo knew who they were. So I was like, I could I could I join? Could I could I go see them? I've always wanted to see them, and it was really awesome to just go see Matt Skiba and and Dan. It was just like, and I look over at Chris during the first song, and he's just like, he's almost crying, but not quite <laughs> crying. He's really like it was. I, we were both in in shock, and once we actually moved to the center because we were off to the side um, on Matt's side, and the sound was a little shitty, but um, the. Uh, once we got to the center, it was amazing. An amazing show. A really awesome experience. Really fun time. Great new record, too. Oh, yeah. Is this thing cursed? Really, really good. Well, Dylan, I wish I could have gone with you because I've known Chris for about 20 years, and Chris has the most stoic facial expressions. You you, you, you never can tell if he's on the inside, about he's happy as can be, or if he's about to just lose it and flip out. And so uh, he's a great poker player, I'm sure. Uh, so... It, 
uh, it would have been fun to see him like that because I've been to a lot of concerts with Chris, big shows like U2 and uh, some other things. And uh, he always has a good time, but he just has this very stoic look on his face. And so it would have been funny to see him show a lot of expression. It wasn't really a lot of expression. It was just enough under the surface to tell that, oh, he's really digging it. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, Chris, you can chime in whenever you want to. He, uh, You were kind of like that when we saw Michael Graves in St. Louis, weren't you? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that was even, that just getting to have an hour to chat with him. I mean, that was just badass. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, anybody who's listening to us, I mean, I, if you've listened more than a few times, you know we're all over the map, and you know one of the things, one of my great loves is punk music. So, um, yeah, Alkaline Trio, Michael Gray's Misfits, all that kind of stuff. I I just love it. All right, so Chris, um, Steve, and I had been talking for a while about how to you know do this crossover episode and what we were going to do, and you actually, uh, as as you do a lot of times, you came up with a, a really timely topic. So before we get into everybody's picks, why don't you kind of explain what the theme of the podcast is going to be and, and, and kind of how you came to that? Well, this is a it's, this will not take long to set to really good. There's no deep thought for this one. Um, that time of year, uh, All Hallows' Eve, Halloween. And so I thought, man, why not just go with, uh, go with scary songs? I mean, maybe they don't technically scare you, but just a um, little bit on the creepy side. And uh, dark songs, creepy, are whatever scary to you um i thought it could be an interesting topic but i thought just you and i you know there's i guess it, it, you know it's hard to come up with 25 songs you know if us just keep going back and forth so i thought hey this be a good one to bring the other guys in on so uh yeah so steve and uh dylan and bc all have their picks chris and i have their picks and so uh let's start off with the youngster of the bunch dylan why don't you start us off Okay, so for my list, I decided I was going to kind of go across the board, be like some songs that have a spooky element to it, some songs that have kind of a, a scary lyrical feel, or even just songs that just outright make me crap my pants. Uh, I'm going to start with the oldest song on my list uh, from Pink Floyd, Careful With That Axe, Eugene. Mm. Uh, it doesn't start out as a scary song. It starts out kind of like a mellow song, and then they whisper, Careful. And then Roger Waters does this blood-curling scream that just made, makes you jump out of your seat and go, oh, my God, what was that? So it just has this weird, spooky feel and then a jump scare, just so like any good old horror movie. That's a, that's a, that's a great pick. I'm a, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. And a lot of that early stuff, it's, it's so psychedelic. And that's off Saucer Full of Secrets, right? I believe so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very – I definitely can see uh, how that's scary. Um yeah, some of their early stuff was so out there that uh, you know, if you're in your house by yourself at night and you're listening to it, the lights off, it definitely can uh, can see that causing a fright. <laughs> All right, uh, BC, what's your pick? Okay, I'm going to go back to uh, my oldest too. Uh, my first experience with uh, Black Sabbath was uh, Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath. I guess like the beginning of it, how it comes in with the thunder and the rain. I mean, I was used to growing up on Kiss and Cheap Trick, so when I first heard this, it was like, wow, what the heck is this? <laughs> so that just, that did it for me. We have our first match, man. Uh-oh. That, that's, I, I had that one as well, you know, which I may try to throw something else in, but, but man, it, you, you can't get, you can't get much better than that. Dark uh, as hell, just, just 
eerie sound and the rain falling at the beginning and then of course just not not just the song but the album itself one of oh, the yeah. great great creepy covers of all time <laughs> yeah exactly bc oh. still sleeping with the lights on i do <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I grew up like it. I might have been 12 when I first heard it. I don't know. But uh, it was Kiss, Cheap Trick, like all happy kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And then you put this on. Even just from the album cover, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That always that stuck. Album, that cover still gets me. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Wright, what you got? All right. Um, I'm glad Chris, like, introed it of how he was going, thinking about going about it. And I did the same thing. I kind of went with uh, – songs that uh and topics that kind of freak me out and i'm always um freaked out by just the psyche of of the serial killer and um the first song i picked it's called btk by exodus it's about the btk killer dennis raider and it's on the uh blood in blood out album from 2014 now just a creepy creepy song now btk stands for was it bind tie kill bind bind torture kill bind torture kill okay and he, you know, he, he killed people from the 70s up to the to the early 90s, and he taunted the police. And, um, you know, he was a, a deacon in the church. And um, it's just a, a, a very heavy, creepy riff. And at the end, there's like a, a screaming part with um, Chuck Billy from Testament. It is just a, such an intense song. It's just like every time I hear it, 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 it kind of makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I listened to it today for the first time, and um, I agree with you. Uh, that was a that was a good pick, Chris. You're a, you're a big Exodus and Testament fan, aren't you? I, I like them both. I mean, I particularly like Testament, but uh, which, by the way, if people haven't heard that new Alex Skolnick trio record, it's just absolutely killer. Not metal, it's jazz, but anyway, it's cool. amazing. That that is a great great thing. Uh, yeah, really really cool record. But but yeah, and I like I like Exodus, man. I I, I uh, especially like the. Uh, like that early stuff, um, and I did. I know the. I've heard the record you're talking that that's off of, and I've heard it a couple of times. I don't own it, but um, yeah, cool stuff. And uh, am I up now? Yeah, because I'm gonna go in since we're go, we're gonna transition from uh, we're gonna stay on Gary Holt and serial killers at the same time, and I am gonna go with Slayer Dead Skin Mask. Um, this one's about Ed Gein. Or at least loosely based on Ed Gein, and the lyrical content is creepy. One of the creepiest serial killers of all of all time. If people don't know who Ed Gein is, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Silence of the Lambs were both loosely based on Ed Gein. Mm. So uh, he was at least the inspiration for both of the movies. Um, creepy. I believe he was in Wisconsin. Um, I want to say like back in the '40s or something like that. And this song is. It, it, it always just kind of creeps me out. Certain parts, in particular, um, the one that really gets me is toward the end. You hear um, there's talking. It's a girl talking, and she's being he- held captive by Ed Gein. And she's—I mean, I-, I have it right here, just to read. She's going, "Hello, hello, Mr. Gein, Mr. Gein, let me out of here, Mr. Gein, Mr. Gein. I don't want to play anymore, Mr. Gein, Mr. Gein. This isn't funny and fun anymore. I don't want to play, Mr. Gein. Let me out. I want out of here, Mr. Gein. Let me out now." And all of a sudden, she screams this like just awful awful scream so it's like he's coming after at that moment um that's a scary song yeah that doesn't exactly give you the warm and fuzzies <laughs> no question of chris yeah hey are, are we copying off each other 
Because <laughs> that was on my list. That's on my list too. <laughs> I can I, I can tell where our minds are, man. We're staying on the real creepy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. I'll go up next. Uh, before I, I'll give my list, I'm just going to say I don't listen to just a ton of really dark music, so this was somewhat of a stretch for me at times. And there's one or two here. I'm sure people are going to laugh at me, but I kind of have a story to go with them. But the first one I don't have a story to go with. It's the title track off Alice in Chains' Dirt. And uh, this song just has a creepy intro. Uh, it's Lane Staley saying, I want you to kill me. I want to, you know, taste the cold steel with the pistol in my mouth. And I want you to scrape my brains off the wall. Uh, I want to taste dirty. Uh, it's just a very creepy song. And then the intro to it, uh, it is creepy. And um, it's off an album, quite frankly, I think it's quite a, a very scary album. Because like I've said on here many a times, the subject matter of this album came true to life for the one singing it which uh, makes it kind of hard to listen to at times. But um, uh, I know, uh, Dylan, you're an, you're an Alice in Chains fan, aren't you? I am. I am. Do uh, you think this is kind of a creepy tune? Oh, definitely. Especially almost like weirdly foreshadowing Lane Staley's death. I mean, he didn't die that way, but he still ended like was ended prematurely with his, with his drug addiction. So it's a little creepy even with that added into it so i think that was a good pick yeah i, I knew steve was gonna love me picking an alice and chain song since he he, yeah. he loves he loves jar flies so much yeah well, <laughs> i actually i i listened to the songs you gave me too and uh one of ours crossed over but i picked up and um i i thought it was cool but like that whole album and you're correct that's very atmospheric very like a lot of the stuff and the way he sounds and the the guitar harmonies that go with a lot of the vocals on that are, are just amazing and like it it, it let, makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck a lot of that stuff and jar yeah. flies is still a good album <laughs> oh it's an amazing album ep it's an ep dylan it's an ep, EP. i apologize all right mr <laughs> dylan on keys what's your second song okay my second song i'm gonna go with the weird uh portion of my playlist i was uh you know looking through some different stuff back a couple years ago and i saw that primus had an album where they covered the entire soundtrack of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So I'm like, oh, this will be cool. Let's listen to it. So I put on you know, the one of the most iconic songs from the thing, Pure Imagination. And let me tell you, I had a really hard time sleeping that night after I listened to this because it is the weirdest version of a song I've ever heard in my life, and it really creeps you out. I mean, that song is really good, and it's like really whimsical, but then Primus adds this weird, like almost sinister vibe to it even though like they're trying to be silly it's just like primus they're weird and this is pure primus that's a we that's a new one on me i've never heard that i haven't either and i, and I, I mean primus was one uh, i mean i have all the early records and it just kind of i guess i hit a point where i just i still like those records but i guess i just stopped buying them and i haven't heard anything but when I think of creepy Primus, I do think of a. Has anybody seen? I think this movie is really, really underrated. But um, Brain Scan. No. It's an older um, movie, right? Eighties. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's I, I, 90s. I seen it that a long time ago. Has Edward Furlong in it? Anyway, there's this creepy, creepy character that's in it, and I remember he's just dancing around the room to Primus. The air is getting slip. The air is getting slippery, and when I I think about cringe every time I hear that song now. <laughs> Steve, uh, are are you a big Primus guy? I am not. Um, I remember a couple of the videos, like uh, you know, Jerry was a race car driver <laughs> from uh, Headbangers Ball, and um, I always remember for some reason the album title "Sailing the Seas of Cheese." 
Yeah. And, um, but uh, <laughs> not not really a huge fan. Like a couple songs I like, uh, like that one with the the drums that are like. I can't think of the name of the song. My name is Mud. My name is Mud. Yeah, because one of one of the drummers in a local band here. Um, knew I, I liked that kind of stuff and like every like they'd be in the middle of a song and I would walk in the room and he would do that in the middle of the song <laughs> it was just like weird <laughs> he'd do it all the time and uh but not a huge fan like some of the stuff is is kind of cool and he was if from what I understand if the legend is true that he was told he was too good to play in Metallica was Cliff Boyan yeah was Cliff yeah he was he was just like well he came out and he started doing I think he did was doing a bunch of funk type stuff and uh and yeah I mean he was way he was I'm sure he was too good for what they were doing, but also it's a completely different style of playing. Yeah, that'd be like putting Steve Vai in poison. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, BC, what you got? Okay, I'm going to go with uh, another band that I got turned on years ago, and I think I kind of was trying to get Steve onto the – at first he's a little bit uh, hesitant there, but it's going to be typo negative with the uh, 1991s off of uh, – uh, yeah, slow, deep, and hard is a zero tolerance. It's a pretty much a song about this guy killing his ex girlfriend's last fiance. Like, starts off with the the guy sharpening a knife. You can hear him sharpening a knife, and then he just goes through the the different verses of the songs about you know how he's going to kill her. Da, 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 da. And at the very end, he just finishes off with like you can hear him chopping her up. <laughs> so I mean, I always Good thought number. That, I thought that was a wicked song. So. That's their ballad. That's their <laughs> now, Chris, you're a, you're a typo negative guy, aren't you? Yeah, I, I love typo, and um, I, I I did pick typo, but I didn't pick the song, so we at least did. Mine is going to be a little. Mine's going to be a little bit more obvious with typo. I went with black number one. Okay. I just I just think that the um, man that, that's got to be if I think of we're, we're doing scary theme all that kind of stuff, or but. They're, that's one of the most perfect Halloween sounding songs. You know, just the uh, the music at the beginning and uh, Peter Still is singing like he's you know Dracula at the beginning. Um, just a dark, dark song. Uh, man, that was a cool band. I, I I wish Peter Still was still around. Oh yeah, they were great. We got to see them a couple times. We actually saw him we maybe saw, five months before he passed away. I think he passed away what April? In April, we saw him like we saw him right around movie. Halloween. Yeah. And um, oh, wow. just a great band. And we saw him in a club, and it was packed, but it was kind of cool. We were, like, maybe halfway back. But you could see him because the dude was, like, seven foot tall. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. Yeah, we talked about – we talked Chris, we talked uh, with Michael Graves about him a decent amount, didn't we? Yeah, well, Michael Graves is uh, basically a, played a big instrumental role, and in, uh, Peter Steele played a big role in Michael Graves getting the Misfits gig. Uh-huh. He, uh, That's he, cool. He was – yeah, he, uh, they, they were, pl- I can't remember, oh, they, so Peter Steele was going to sing a, uh, he was going to do a show, a Halloween show with the Misfits. They were going to reunite and he was going to sing, sing with them. And they were looking, in the meanwhile time, they were looking for a singer. And, um, and Peter Steele just told him, like, man, what are you looking for? You got your guy right here. Uh, they had done some stuff with him. And, yeah, I mean, he's the one who basically helped him get that gig. That's great. All right, Steve, what's your next pick? All right, um, this song, and I actually, uh, this song came out a couple years ago, and um, I was I was kind of surprised by it. I, I thought it was going to be stupid when I saw the the uh, title of it. It's um, uh, 
from the What Now album from Deep Purple, and it's a song called Vincent Price. And um, I always, uh, my, my one of my dad's friends had a little theater in town, and uh, he used to, like, r- actually run the film. So I remember seeing, like, Fall, House of Usher, uh, The Pit and the Pendulum there, all these old Vincent Price movies. And, like, he was always just, like, this perfect, creepy guy for these movies. And, uh, you know, when I, I, like I said, I thought the song was going to be stupid. But I heard it. It was very, very cool. And it, like, took me back to those movies um, it starts out with like a Phantom of the Opera type organ, and then it has like a heavy riff, and then chanting in the beginning, and a choir, and like a sinister slide guitar thing going on, and it's just really cool. And um, you know, check out the couple of the lyrics are heart pumping now, the music, sound of time, the vampire's dying, he's got him wild, uh, red blood dripping, she doesn't have a prayer. I know it's not real, but I just don't care, and um, just such a, a cool it took me right back there and like that those movies kind of freaked me out because i saw them when i was like eight or ten years old i started watching them and um it was just just an amazing song vincent price was the guy on the thriller uh, uh the song thriller wasn't he yep yes yeah yeah he made a ton of money off that i'll have to look that up i've, I've never um i mean obviously i know who vincent price is but I, i've never heard that song by deep purple it's very well, good. You, you, it's good. David, you you sent me you sent me Steve's list, and uh, I didn't know that song, so I, I did listen to it, and, and I was not ex- I didn't I wasn't expecting it. I was kind of surprised, like he was saying he didn't expect to put that on his list, and I was I was kind of surprised when I was listening. It's like it is kind of a creepy sounding song. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have to go listen to that. I, I would never really think of Deep Purple doing a spooky song, but uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to anything. I got tied up at work today, but. Uh, yeah, the title like Vincent Price, I could see how you think that may be kind of hokey, but then uh, it sounds like it's really good. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a good listen. It, it, it's it's a fun song. All right, Chris, uh, do you want to go with that typo song? No, I, I, you know what? I, I I'm sorry, man. I wouldn't even go in order. Just go and skip me. I just kind of threw mine out. Okay, I, I, All right. I wasn't paying attention. So my next one is one that, that Steve actually had on his list, and uh, I think he's taking it off, but uh, it's the song The End by The Doors. And this is a classic case of just spooky, atmospheric music that just kind of builds, and it just it just gets weird. And uh, I think it's off their debut album, and I think it's about 12 minutes long, or maybe longer than that. And I was doing some research on it, and... Morrison said the the basically every time he hears it the song means something different to him. Uh, he's got the line where he talks about the killer putting on his boots, and then there's there's some interpretations that maybe the 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 subject of the song has an Oedipus complex and wants to kill his father, and it's just a weird song. And it's you know you've seen it played on like a lot of movies. Uh, it just creates a, a kind of a creepy a creepy mood. I always think of a couple apocalypse now. Speaking of movies, I was just going to say that. Yeah, Steve. I mean, so you you had it on your list at one point. What what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was really creepy and uh, just the and, and like Chris said, uh, apocalypse now. I think that was probably the first time that I'd heard that song. I'm I'm, I'm not a massive Doors fan, but that's one song that if I was doing a, a playlist of like classic rock, I would throw that on there. And it's just it is it's so atmospheric especially you know i was like father i want to kill you i was like holy shit like that freaked me out when he when he did that and um and that always just stuck in my mind and uh you know and i 
I you had it on your list, so I knew we'd be able to talk about it. So I would pick something else. But great pick, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, creepy song. If you if you don't think creepy music was being made in the '60s, go uh, go listen to that. Dylan, I think we've rounded back to you again. Yep. Okay. So this next song has has a creepy vibe to it. The lyrics the lyrics are really they're kind of visceral to me i don't know i don't know why but it just really affects me um and there's two versions of the song and both versions are great but i'm going to go with the the nine inch nails version the original of hurt um just like the the first you know lyrics uh, i've hurt myself today to see if i could feel i focus on the pain the only thing that's real like it's just like you're like oh god what is this guy getting into and just like the way that the that ding, 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 like that really creepy guitar at the beginning that kind of has a little reverb to it. It's just like a, a weird atmospheric. You're just stuck in this guy's mind. And I mean, the Johnny Cash version is great too, but that one's a little more, I don't want to say upbeat, but it's a little more of a brighter message, I would say, because he changes some of the lyrics to have more of a, a religious feel. But I really like the original version off of uh, the downward spiral from Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah, Dylan, you were probably not old enough to remember, but when that, when that came out, that was all over MTV. The video is even, you know, is kind of weird because they were doing that industrial stage show, and it was just the lighting was weird, and you had all, you know, the all the smoke rising up, and then you know their microphones looked a lot looked weird, and and just uh, that was a big song, a really big song when it came out. I mean, anybody else remember it? I vaguely. <laughs> Yeah, same. Yeah, like I, I'm more familiar with the, the Johnny Cash version. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. I, 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 I vague, once you said about the video, I, I kind of remember how it how it went a little bit, but uh, that's one I definitely gotta go back and check out. Uh, jo- I know the song well, but it's just the video, not really remember. Yeah. And I actually think that's a pretty solid pick. I, I wouldn't have. That's not one that would have come into my mind, but it is. Uh, it's pretty dark. Well, I mean, yeah, it's scary because it's somebody at the end of the rope, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, BC, I shudder to think what yours is going to be. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go about 1984 is a, a Twisted Sister, which was kind of known as being, I don't know, their first video for that song was uh, We're Not Going to Take It, all that f- happy, uh, funny stuff. But uh, Captain Howdy. <laughs> I mean, when that comes on, it's like just the music itself is so like darker than, say, the rest of the stuff on that album. And it, it pretty much was the song based uh, that was written on his uh, base for his uh, movie Strangeland, which uh, Captain Howdy is the character in the, the uh, main character in that movie. So what is, what is this on? Stay Hungry. It is? Okay. I have Stay Hungry. And I was going to say, I, I mean, I, I've listened to the album many times. I just can't think of the night song title, so I'll have to go back and listen to it. Steve, oh, Steve what are your thoughts on it? When BC, when we got here at BC, I said, you know, I asked him what his list was, and he said that, and I'm like, oh my god, I never even thought of that. It's, it's creepy. I do remember it's, a really dark song on there. I do remember it. That, yeah, that, that's it. it. It's it's totally different from everything else that's on the album. Yeah. It's almost like it's a song that you would have expected more on, like under the blade. Yeah, it's slower, Stan. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's whispering, "Come here, my sweet." Yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a, a, a like a kind of an outcast song on that album, but it is it's 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 good. It's dark. It's something totally different on that album, and uh, I I kind of wish I thought of it. I, I guess I can admit this because it's it's my po- mine and Chris's podcast, but uh, 
I've never been a big Twisted Sister fan. Uh, be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot uh, about them other than you know we're not going to take it and um, oh what's uh, I want to rock um, is is Stay Hungry the album I should I should try to try to get into. No, no, uh, you can't stop rock and roll or uh, just under the blade. Under the blade. I would definitely say start with um, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. Straight Ahead, Hard Rock album. It's really good. Yeah. Stay Hungry does have SMF on it, though, and I love that song. Oh, yeah. I I think it got a little, I don't know what the word commercializes. A little polished. A little too polished, I think. Yeah. All right. Stay Hungry. You're up next, Steve. Okay, um, I'm sticking with the murder theme here, um, of course. <laughs> and, and this this song, when this came out, it, it it took me, and I didn't realize what it was about when the first time I heard it. Then I looked in the lyrics, and I like, holy crap! Um, Bloodbath in Paradise from Ozzy from the No Rest from the Wicked album. Um, when I was growing up, I remember there was a TV movie coming on about the Manson murders, and um, Helter Skelter. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, yeah, it was the the, the TV movie that they yeah. had out. For it. And I remember seeing the commercial of it. The only thing I can remember from the commercial is this lady running down this street screaming and like it totally freaked me out. I I never to this day have watched that movie. But um I, I when this song came out, it just like freaked me out. Like the very opening thing is you're coming home, there's blood on the walls and Charlie and the family make house calls. If you're alone, then watch what you do because Charlie and the family might get you. That was just like, oh my, I was terrified of that movie when that came on. And I remember my parents were watching it and I like went upstairs and like, just like, like kind of hid when that movie was on. Well, I'll tell you, you know, that- I have to go back and listen. To, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. I don't, I, 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 I remember the song. I have the album, but I don't, I guess I didn't really even pay enough attention to it to realize it was about Charles Manson. If you, yeah, if you listen to the beginning, there's like a, I don't know what language he's speaking in. There's a real creepy um, sound. Like he says something at the beginning and it's got like a little tinkly thing behind it. And it's just so creepy of a start. And I was like, oh my God, there it's that movie. Maybe one of these days I'll work up the courage to actually watch that movie. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> Steve, because if it's what I'm thinking it is, it's called Helter Skelter. And uh, if it's, if it's, if it's what I'm thinking is the, the end of the movie is basically just a photograph of Charles Manson. And I think it starts, I think the credits start with it zoomed in on his face and I think they zoom out and for like 30 or 40 seconds, you're just sitting there staring at this. And I swear to you, I remember watching that as a kid at night and I could not go to sleep because every time I closed my eyes, that picture of him was hovering over my bed. Yeah, and, and, and that, you know, because I was younger when that came out, and that was really the, the first thing that I think that I remember about, like, anybody being actually murdered that that I heard about, and that, you know, that there was, you know, a group of people murdering people, and I think that just totally freaked me out, and this song, like, bang, like, shot me right back there. I love the song, it's great, it's, like, one of my favorite Ozzy songs, but, like, when I initially heard that, it just, like, ah, eh, just, like, set me off. Well, that's a great reason not to listen to the Beatles, you know, because they were communicating to him on the White Album. Yeah, yeah. You never know; you might want to go kill. You want to go kill that's the what they, you that's the White what Album. They, another reason not to like the Beatles. All right, Steve, that was a good pick. Chris, you're up next. All right. Well, let's give uh, let's give Ozzy song number three. I'm going to go with Diary of a Madman. Um, that is just that that guitar intro that Randy has. I just think is 
just sounds so twisted. And then towards the end of the song, the uh, the chanting, you know, throw chanting in a song, and you're gonna give me chills. And um, that's what that song does, man. I think that's a creepy, creepy Aussie song. One of the more creepy solo Aussie songs to me. Guys, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, that was on my backup list, but uh, definitely uh, just Ozzy back then. I think the first two Ozzy albums, just the way he his live shows, it was just there was something about him that kind of gave me that scare factor, maybe. Yeah, I love the the choir during that song. Like mm-hmm. it adds this like really big kind of haunting gothic feeling that really absolutely. Goes- yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's a great pick. I like you said, Chris, that the chanting at the end and it just like ends like Dana and it's like perfect ending for that song. And you can kind of feel the uh like the 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 struggle with madness in that in the lyrics and the and the actual uh vocal performance of that song. It, it it's a great pick. Another creepy song by him is uh Mr. Tinker Train. That's about a child killer. Yeah. Uh, off No More Tears. All right, so this is the one where I'm probably going to get laughed at, but we just did a, uh embarrassment um, episode anyway, and I don't think this is a bad one because everybody and their brother has covered it. It's the theme from the movie The Lost Boys. It's called Cry Little Sister by Gerard McMahon. Has anybody heard it? Yep, I remember that yep. song. I was actually trying to explain to my dad where that's... I'm like, it's the, the Lost Boys theme. It's like the first thing you hear. Yeah, then I went back and listened to it. I'm like, okay, that's that song. Yeah. All right, so, yeah. so yeah. L.A. Guns has... I mean, the list of people that have covered it is very extensive. L.A. Guns did it. Eminem has sampled it. Uh, I think the guy is from England, and he was asked to write uh, the theme song to the movie Lost Boys, but he had never seen the movie. And he wrote this, and the director was like, "This I don't know how you did this because this fits perfectly with the movie." Uh, just a uh, a very creepy uh, intro, and then you think about you know the the movies about vampires. Um, but like I said, L.A. Guns covered it recently on like a covers album that they did. You can go listen to it, but uh, it's real popular amongst uh, you know a lot of people. Especially uh, you go to Wikipedia; it's been covered like twenty something times, I think. Uh, but anyway, uh, I figured I would get some chuckles out of that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's spooky to me. I don't think it's laughable. No, it's a good one. No. It's a good pick. Definitely not. And I'm showing my age. I saw that movie in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like in the seventh grade or so when it came out. All right, Dylan, we have wrapped around to you again. Um, first, I, I just recently showed The Lost Boys to my girlfriend. She hated it. <laughs> Uh, Break up. <laughs> um, I, my my last two songs actually kind of tie together. Um, this first one uh, is a band that you guys have probably definitely not talked about on your show. Show, but um, the album that it comes from means a lot to me. Uh, being raised in the two thousands, My Chemical Romance was pretty big when I was growing up, and they have a lot of like hard rockish vibes and a lot of like punk in them. Uh, so I really just drew drew into them. And the song that I picked from uh, The Black Parade, probably their biggest album, is Sleep. And it starts off with this really kind of creepy uh, tape recording of a guy talking about these night terrors he's having and, like, how he just can't seem to, like, wake up from them. And the song just kind of goes along, and it's it's got, like, a soft, like, loud thing, and the chorus is very, like, bombastic, and there's a lot going on. 
And then once the song is going towards the end, uh, the lead singer Gerard Way is just screaming, wake up, wake up, like over and over again. And it's just like really, really overwhelming. And it makes you feel claustrophobic in the in the mix. And it's a really well done, well produced uh, song. And it really, uh, really scared me the first time I heard it. Well, man, I, I, you know I'm going to know that stuff because I, I, I listen to all that. So Black Parade's a great album. Um, I like both those first two records. So... I'll be. I'll probably be the only one that knows the song and knows the knows the uh, knows the band. But so, I got, got I, no problem with no, no problem with that pick. I got a feeling me, Steve, and BC are probably all side on that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> clueless, totally yeah, clueless. Yeah, yeah. He told me about it today. I meant to listen to it, but I didn't get a chance to. They're a band. They're a band. Honestly, I've never consciously listened to, but you hear mentioned and and you know and and hear people talk about a lot. So I guess before I like really say anything negative, I should actually listen to their music. Well, um, well let's just say this: you know, they they come from the they come from yeah the uh, the early two thousands, the whole you know whole emo phase, which a lot of the a lot of the emo bands are are forgotten. I would say, I would say in the way this this would be my analogy, and and David, I've used this for for you before with other kinds of genres. I would say that they're kind of like um, you think of like new metal and all the just dog shit that came out of that but yet bands like the deftones that are still around and all and they're like that's a band that gets respect that's a band that was just a cool band and they were just kind of they shouldn't be lumped in with all those well i think that to emo i think my chemical romance is one of those bands that gets a lot of respect you know no people don't goof on them and they don't look at that as just uh some goth kid crying in his bedroom <laughs> <laughs> We're goth adult now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, BC, you're next. I, I know at some point you're going to pick a Cannibal Corpse song, aren't you? It's funny that it's on, it's on my back list, but I, because I try to keep it at least PG. Yeah. The funny thing is, I, I seen them live, and uh, I was freaked out just watching them live, and it was daylight up. Hey, you know, I'm gonna. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm gonna go see. I, I'm actually planning on going to see them. I'm not into that kind of music, but a guy I work with just loves. Oh, it's loves different. everything metal. It's and, it's uh, different. Let me tell you that. All right, BC. What, what, did, you, you, what did you say? He said it. He said it's different. Yeah, you like I mean, it. I just, he says they're incredible musicians, and it's like, okay, I I guess I need to be able to say I've seen a grindcore show, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Check it out, though. I'm going to stay in 1984 with uh, another band that was just when they came out was Shock and uh, Wasp uh, with their debut album, uh, Tormentor Off It. With the, you got the chains, the, the, you know, if you followed a band, they used to tie up women and drink blood from skulls and throw meat at the crowd. So it was just a very controversial band back then. So that, out, that whole album was kind of like very very different and dark so, love that album yeah was talk about a band that uh uh has kind of had nine lives and, and and managed to hang around and, and and still be somewhat relevant even after all these years when i'm sure a lot of people thought they were just a you know kind of a poor poor man's uh alice cooper yeah and i i think they're doing great now the last record was i mean especially in other countries not necessarily the united states yeah, what was yeah, the last I one? I the last one. Was last one was awesome. Golgotha? No, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was the last one. Steve, are you a big Wasp fan? 
I am. I, I was on board with Wasp since the, the first album came out. I've had everything since there. They some of the albums are kind of too concepty, if that's actual an actual word. <laughs> but uh, like the you know when they did that KFD album, that was just like totally industrial and, and insane. But uh, I think they've come full circle, and uh, their guitar player now, Daryl Roberts, is just absolutely phenomenal. He tears it up. Great. Um, they they have not been. Um, you know, they never really put out anything that is horrible. Like KF, KFD was, um, you know, we're going to keep the show PD or PG here because <laughs> of the title of the album. But um, other than that, everything else, there, there's still good stuff you can pick off of each album. And people don't realize how many albums these guys have. They think it may be the first three albums, but like they've been going since 1984. And they've, they've been solid since then. Yeah. I, I always, when I think of them, I think it was at Chris Holmes, that interview and, um, Oh yeah, hasn't it come out that that was wasn't really vodka? That's what I, I think. Heard. So I think I mean, a lot of that was staged. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. If you don't know what we're talking about, go watch uh, the decline. Was it decline in Western civilization? The metal years. Yeah, part part two. Not that he does a drink. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he does anymore. Well, he probably can't. The no. <laughs> liver is probably the size of a blimp. <laughs> All right, Steve, you're up next. Okay, I'm going to pick a song which um, this band I, I'm really not uh, like totally into, but this song just totally um, when I, I thought of uh, creepy things and uh, and this song is actually it's a cover song. It's um, Marilyn Manson doing "Sweet Dreams," totally creepy song. Oh, agreed. And at the well, end, that's, that's when he starts for me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And he starts screaming it. It's like, like it just sends chills down your spine, you know. And uh, you know, it's the actually, you know, the cover of the rhythmic song. But it's just, it, it's so creepy, and um, it's, I think it definitely belongs on on the and on the, the list here. The video is not one you want to watch late at night either. <laughs> no, no. Golly. yeah. He actually covered uh, that uh, "Cry Little Sister" the Lost Boys theme as well. He was one of the people. Oh really? Oh, um, good. That did it, Chris. I don't ever remember you and I having a Marilyn Manson discussion. Are you a fan? Um, I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I I do like I do like a good number of his songs, and that that is one of them. And like I said, that's one that was an alternate for me on my list. I think that's a I think that's a creepy sounding song. Yeah, I, I think cool he tune. could he could probably sing the back of a tomato soup can and make it kind of creepy. Yeah, oh, um, absolutely. All right, Chris, you're up next. <laughs> All right, I'm going one that, you know, I've probably only got one chance of the group on here to, of knowing this one. But um, I'm going to go with the Misfits, and I'm going with Halloween 2. They've got um, two versions of the song Halloween, and Halloween 2 is um, Glenn Danzig is doing singing it in Latin, which makes it extra creepy. Um, the chorus is the only thing you know what he's saying because he's just saying Halloween over and over. Um not going to go too deep into this one because I know I'm probably no one knows the song, but um, get a chance to check out the Misfits Halloween 2. Why is Latin such a creepy language, especially if it's chanted? I don't know, I, but it is. And I mean, it sounds really creepy with, with Glenn's voice, too. It's just, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I, that's a good question. Well, Latin is like the, the zombie of the language, you know? They raised it from the dead. Like, it's a. It's a dead language, and now <laughs> people are trying yeah, to bring it to life. It, it's like the Frankenstein. I have, uh, let's see, I did 
pull it up because you don't know what he – I was curious what he was saying because obviously in Latin I don't know. And he's, there's not a lot of lyrics in it. The lyrics are ancient formulas of exorcisms and excommunications that witches and those made wolves believe. A maim, now the demon cloth in wolf skin, having to hide in the hollow of a tree. I say werewolves can change shapes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> now, so if that was if that was recorded with Danzig, then it was very early on, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was. A, it was a little bit later um, for the Misfits, at least, especially that version. I, I mean, I would say it was early '80s. So the the production value probably wasn't the greatest on that record, based on what I listened to with you on our way back from listening to, uh, talking to Michael Graves. No, no. It's most most of all the stuff is. I mean, that's the only thing you can get that one that I bought at uh, the pod, that first expo. That guy that was selling those um, those uh, twelve cuts from hell, which were um, all these just remastered, excellent sounding versions that uh, Glenn um, like he does for everything. He uh, he did not allow it to be sold. So it's kind of hard to find now, but I, I that guy had had a few copies of it and I bought it. And the guy, it's funny story is the guy was selling those on eBay, and he can no longer sell them on eBay because he got a cease and desist letter from Danzig and his attorneys, and he said he now has that letter framed and on his wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. My next one, uh, maybe it's not the scariest song, but I have a little story behind it. I'm gonna go with uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets. When I was either, so that album came out, I think, when I was 10 years old, and I think I was probably 11, and uh, my class, we went on an uh, over-the-night field trip, and uh, it was four of us to a room, two of us to a bed, and uh, my friend uh, Henry Martin, who went on to be my college roommate for a while, he, uh, he had an older sister, and so everybody had gone to sleep, and he was like, hey, man, I got these two cassettes from my... Because we had our Walkmans with us. And he's like, I had these got these two cassettes. Man, all my sister's listening to. This stuff's really scary. And so he, he popped in, like, Slayer, Rain and Blood in his. And uh, I popped in uh, Master of Puppets. And, of course, you know, the, the album cover's creepy with the crosses and everything. And I had, you know, my idea of heavy metal at that time was Bon Jovi. And I put it in. I was like, "Oh man, this is this is ter- <laughs> this is terrifying." And we both just kind of laid there in the dark, like till like three o'clock in the morning, listening to this music. And I kind of didn't listen to it again. And then I was watching videos one night, and the video for one came on. And I was like, "Oh, that's that that scary band that we listened to." And of course, you know, the video for one is not you know the most peaceful thing to watch. Um, but of course, obviously, I went on to be a huge mega uh, Metallica fan. Uh, because of that, but I always think of just sitting there laying in the dark, looking at that uh, uh, with the little lamp on with the um, album cover on, listening to that going, this is the heaviest stuff I've ever heard. Like, th- this is this is, this is is great, but I'm scared at the same time. David, when you were on this trip, you didn't chop your breakfast on a mirror, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh-uh. And, and matter of fact, I mean, I'm sure it was years later before I even understood what the song was uh was about but yeah you know they said that creepy with the cross and i never have really paid attention to it to really but uh, recently but I, I, if i remember correctly there's like an eye looking over the the uh the crosses isn't it on the album cover 
Or am I am I thinking of something else? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But I, if it is, I haven't noticed it. Well, uh, anyway, we all know that from our episode we did with these guys that Steve Wright's favorite Metallica song and album. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Steve, you, you messed it up, man. You should you should have done an audible gasp when I said. I was that. gonna actually when you first said I was gonna go. <gasps> <laughs> oh man, that's one of that's that's one of the the funniest spontaneous moments in, that, that I've ever been a part of on a podcast. You know, did somebody just gasp? It's <laughs> like that was that was funny. It's like how dare you talk bad about Master of Puppets? <laughs> You're still wrong about that, by the way. Oh, yeah, there's. Hey, man, trust me. I'm not let off the hook for anything here, and I'm still hearing about it. All right, Dylan, what's your last one? Okay, uh, like I said, it's connected to sleep because this is from an album that's about nightmares. Welcome to my nightmare. I'm picking Steven from Alice Cooper. Um, it's basically the culmination of the story where we're going through this character's nightmares and seeing that he's he kind of uh, beats his wife, and in this song he actually wakes up and kills his wife uh so that's not a happy ending to the story and i think he ends up getting institutionalized and he appears in other alice cooper albums but this song is really cool in terms of the dichotomy of it where it's like there's like this weird like eerie piano that starts the thing and then it it's kind of soft but then like the the loud the dun dun steven and like like he's going like he's asking his wife to please stop screaming and like a creepy voice and it's almost like a continuation of um of another alice cooper song that are that are you gonna pick that no i'm not uh, it's almost like a continuation of the ballad of dwight fry in terms of creepiness um and i love this album and i love this song so my last song is steven uh from, from alice cooper good pick i'm actually going to see alice cooper friday night well I, I was about to say uh this isn't gonna air until halloween so there's a good chance chris has hung out with some members of the band by that point Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. My uh, my um, buddy of mine, his uh, he's got a friend that uh, that works at Gibson here in Memphis, and you know, Ron Roxy is endorsed by Gibson, so they they've developed a friendship. And then they uh, another one is friends with uh, another one of his buddies is friends with uh, that guitarist. I don't know. He always also plays in Hollywood Vampires. I don't know his name. His friends with Johnny Depp's buddy, uh, and, Tom Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said a few times a year, whenever they see them, they always end up hanging out. And they're, this is not announced. This is completely unannounced. But there's this little hole-in-the-wall rock, you know, this little rock club that uh, my buddy said that they're uh, everybody minus, uh, minus Strauss and Cooper are going to be going to that bar and just jamming out and playing. The numbers are. And, and they said they just they all hang out and just have a late night and all that. So I've been invited to that. Hopefully that goes down. That's awesome. That's really cool. Good luck, Dylan. I have yeah. to, I have to, I have to tip my hat at you to you, man, because uh, you're a young dude, but uh, you sure do, um, you sure you know your older stuff. I, I'm impressed. Alice was my first concert, and uh, I grew up with Steve Wright, so it was kind of <laughs> hard not to know my older stuff. We'd be in the it car. Too. What, what band is this? Lily <laughs> uh, Guns. Okay, <laughs> Steve. I didn't, I didn't realize you were that big of an Alice Cooper fan. Yeah, I, I've always enjoyed Alice Cooper. Um, he, I don't, I don't like the real early stuff. I think that's just kind of too weird. There's a couple. Like the, you don't like the Frank Zappa produced Alice Cooper? No, I, I, I don't. But um, I, I really love the the '80s and the uh, early '90s Alice stuff. You know, of, of course, 
like you know certain songs on Billion Dollar Babies and uh, the whole uh, Welcome to My Nightmare album. And I think he he he's another guy that has just stood the test of time because he has the songs and he's always um, surrounded himself with talent. Yeah, he always has great great players. And I, David, have you ever seen him? I have not. See, uh, that's just that's just a real shame. I mean, no. I, it, it, because it, I, the thing is, he's one of the not only is he a, a living legend, but I've had this conversation with people before, and I'm guys, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Even like those seventy songs, like you mentioned, Billion Dollar Babies and all that, it just doesn't even sound like the record because it sounds so fresh. It's heavier. It's just mm-hmm. it sounds it sounds up to date. It doesn't really sound dated. It's a great stage show. I mean, he's just one of the great live acts still. Oh no! If if I wasn't <clears throat> if I wasn't already seeing two concerts that week that you're uh, that you're going to see him, I, I would I would try to get up there. But uh, I'm going to see oh I'm going to see Social Distortion with you and then Government Mule down here. But yeah, I want to see him. I actually uh, I get pretty much um, every one of his live albums that he puts out. Um, like just he just put out a new one, uh, the paranormal off from the paranormal uh, tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, Nita Strauss. I was actually listening to that first song of her uh, instrumental album that's coming out today. I mean, it's not coming out today, but I was listening to it um, today, and it, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, well, I guess the reason she's not going to be doing this thing, I, I didn't know this, but I, I did see just the other day where she, you know, she's uh, she's doing a guitar clinic here in Memphis. The uh, that that day, you know, because they're all coming in the day early, and she's doing a guitar clinic. Sure, Alice will be golfing, and, um, and then going to and then going to bed. And the uh, the rest of the boys in the band are going to get out and get a little crazy. I think. <laughs> All right, BC. What is your last one? I'm 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 still holding on for Cannibal Corpse. Uh, sorry, uh, I got uh, I'm on my alternate list now, and I was just looking at this. Uh, it did come down my main list because I don't know if I can get away with this, but I'm going to try it anyways. Uh, Back in 83, uh, when Motley Crue first came out, and when we, at least when I first got exposed to them, was the sh- for Shout of the Devil. And like they were like, oh, these guys are devil worshippers. And, the, you know, the album was all black with the pentagram on the cover. And, of course, you had to get it. You were 13 years old. Get yourself a, a hands a copy of this. And I remember putting it on, and In the Beginning came on, which pretty much leads right into Shout of the Devil. To me, it was just when you're 13, you're like, I mean, that just hit me. I've been hooked ever since, but in the beginning, it's not really a song, but I just love the way it leads into Shout of the Devil. It gives you that, and you're in the dust <laughs> I think you can easily count that as like, we can we can definitely bend rules and easily count that as one. Cause I, feel, I feel you on that one. That's the whole little vibe that that intro has. That, that's that's the, the tone for the rest of the album. Yeah, it's only yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a great pick. Uh, album still sounds amazing today. Oh, I got you. That, that's definitely all that stands the test of time in my book. Yeah. Steve, what do you have? For that song? Yeah. I like it. It was always one of those things that uh, you could you could absolutely picture a, a concert opening up with, you know. Um, good always overpower the evils of all man's sins. I mean, just like creepy cool you know just a, a great way to start an album and, and you're you're absolutely right it did set the tone for the for the album who who is that that was that was reading that um, it says Alistair fiend on the on the album credits okay yeah. whoever that actually is i'm not sure jeff workman 
I think the guy behind the voice. Okay. Well, I think, I think it says Alistair Fiend oh, somewhere, yeah, that was, that but was... I'm sure that's like, you know, whatever they wanted to make him sound creepier. Oh, yeah. Well, Alistair, Alistair Crowley Fiend. I mean, yeah. Alistair. <laughs> All right, Steve, what's your last one? All right, my last one is, um, and I'm going to harken back to uh, the Manson family uh, messing my, my life up here. Um, it's a song called Serial Killer by uh, Slash of Snake Pit from the, uh, I think it's Ain't Life Grand album. And um, it starts out with this creepy, eerie echo, and it says, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling now, Rodney? And he says, I just want to kill. And it goes off into an echo. And then he sings, you know, softly, uh, here we are alone now, just you and me down the halls we waltz. Your end is in my dreams. And that's just the beginning of the song. And then it kicks in, and it has, uh, Chris, you'll like it because it's got the, the chanting in it. It's got these, uh, like, a, like a children's, it, it would sound like a bunch of kids on a playground singing it. Uh, when he's singing the chorus, they're singing boom, boom, bang, bang, screams in the dark. If you let him in, he'll murder your heart. And um, and it's just, they just sing that over and over again. When he's singing, the chorus is, they say I'm crazy, falling apart. Do you like the way I murder your heart? I'm smart and edgy. I come in the night. If you let me in, you'll give up your life. Just a, a, a crazy song. And, and the creepiest part of the song for me is um, – Right before the solo, it, it kind of goes right down to like a, a, a slow part. And it says, uh, sorry to say, but you're not the only one. You're not the lonely one. The only one that turned my light on. Well, I turn yours off. And he does this scream. It's like, oh, my God. And it goes right into the solo. And that part just like chills run up and down my spine. And uh, I wanted to save the song for last because this one, it just sung just like totally freaked me out. But it's one that you can't stop listening to. I know the song, know the album, and David knows this. That's my uh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing that Slash favorite album that Slash has put out outside of Guns N' Roses. Um, I, I love that. I love that singer. Um, but yeah, cool song, and like I said, that's a cool album. You don't normally think of Slash putting out something that dark. No. Um, well, I, I don't. Know who but it works. To, but his singer was a junkie, so you never know what was going through his head. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like like four or five co-writers on that song if you look at the credits on it. So it's it's a it's a group effort. Yeah, okay. and that that album is so hard to find. Uh, it's not on like Spotify or iTunes. I Chris, I had to get Chris on iTunes. It is. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I couldn't find it for the longest time. I got Chris to burn me a copy of it, but. Uh, yeah, you just don't normally think of Slash doing something quite that dark, but um, yeah, that's a that's a good album. It's a it's a fun one for sure. I mean, not a fun one. It's a it's a great song, but it's a, a definitely a good album. Uh, Steve, you uh, were posting last night about that new Slash album, and uh, I, I listened to it all the way through today, and I have I think it's his best solo one yet. I think it's fantastic. I can't stop listening to it. it it's just it's amazing, and um, I've said on our podcast many many times that. I, I can't really take too much of Miles Kennedy's voice. Like maybe after three or four songs, I have to turn it off. Uh, Dylan's here shaking his head vigorously. Miles Kennedy is so good. He is. He is. But for some reason, on the other albums, I couldn't take his voice. But this one, I could listen to this album right through. I think I've probably listened to it like six times in the last like three days. It's it's amazing. The um, every it's produced great. You, um, I, I'm a huge fan of Todd Kearns. You could hear his backing vocals just like so out front on these songs. It, it, it's amazing. I can't wait to hopefully get a couple seconds to talk to Todd Kearns on the Kiss Cruise coming up and um, and just you know say 
man, you kick ass. I, I agree Steve, with you. I re- well, I was, I'm sorry to touch you. I was just going to say I really agree with you, though, about Miles. See, Miles Kennedy, sorry, Dylan, man, I think he's a great vocalist. Don't get me wrong. I really do. I think he's talented, really talented. But for me, it just it kind of wears me out. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah. could, I couldn't I, mean, I couldn't agree with the two of you more. Like I, I'm like Steve. I can take about three songs, and I, I got to have a break from it. Chris Cornell was great. He wore me out. You know, and I, I think it's kind of the same way. They uh, incredible vocalist, but Miles Kennedy probably more so than than Cornell. And like I said, I'm not I'm not talking bad about him. I think he's a no. really good singer. It's just it's Absolutely. tough for me sometimes. Yeah, and, and Miles Kennedy, and and I'm actually very surprised at how much I can listen to this album and how listenable it is for me. You know, um, just for how my my past feelings on Miles Kennedy. And and believe me, I'm not slamming him either. He's he's a Awesome, and he's an actually an excellent guitar player, also. Uh, That's of, a flash Yeah, he he he's great, and um, but this album is is so listenable. And I saw a couple of comments, people knocking. I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? It, it's I think it's great, in my opinion, but I think it's fantastic. You know, we sit there and we're giving him a hard time about his voice, but you know, he spent several weeks in London with Led Zeppelin when they were gonna go out maybe under another name and uh, it was going to be Paige, uh, Jason Bonham and John Paul Jones and him. Uh, and he's confirmed that, that, I mean, he, he, you know, they, they even, I think laid down some tracks. So like we said, nobody's, nobody's talking about his ability. You know? no. Nobody's doing that. I mean, we know, we know, we know what his ability is, but you know, all right. Yeah, Mr. I don't know what it is in that, you know, that undefinable thing, but like it's it's not on this album. You can listen to it all the way through, you guys. I, I will check it out then. I really will. All right, Mr. Craig. All right. Um, I thought of, uh, you know, as as um, as BC and I had a couple of similar picks and all. I thought, okay, what am I going to call an audible? What am I going to do in, in here? And I had a I had a few to go to. I um. I thought about about first just because lyrically the storyline is good the, the the crazy crazy demonic sounds at the end of a uh, King Diamond is a family ghost though I'm not a, a King Diamond fan I just find that song so creepy but <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna go with um I think for this one I'm gonna go with Metallica back to Steve's album and um I think I'm gonna pick a uh, Sanitarium just because I I think. It's just those those harmonics at the beginning just gives it kind of this chilling sound. And every time I hear this song, and I, and I know I talked about this when we did the Metallica one before, that podcast, it's just being from Memphis, Tennessee, and the West Memphis Three and those murders just across the river, you know, when, and I'm watching those Paradise Lost videos, and that comes on, it just, it, it was so, especially as a, I mean, guy was probably about 14 or 15 when those, when those video, when those movies came out, maybe a little bit older, and it just has such an eerie, eerie feeling when you're watching those documentaries and that song's being played. Um, and ultimately, I think that's why I'm picking that one, just because of what's kind of stained in, in, on my brain. You know, just uh, I always go back to that, and I mean, that was just such a such a crazy, crazy story. That's that's all I think parts. about when I when I think of that song. Yeah. The, the opening, you know, and and, and then they did uh, uh, the uh, uh, on the final one when they got released, they did a Metallica song, "The Day That Never Comes" off of um, uh, Death Magnetic. Yeah, man, Sanitarium. That's a great song, and, and man, it's creepy, and it's kind of like at the beginning, it's kind of like the end by the Doors. It just creates this atmospheric. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, BC, Dylan, Steve, what, what are y'all thought, your thoughts on it? I'm sure Steve's going to dislike no it. No Steve. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks, man. <laughs> I, I love that album. I love that song. I mean, just Metallica, like the earliest, like, uh, first three to four albums really do it for me from Metallica. Yeah. I, I top their best album. Um, <gasps> there's, there's not a bad song on that album. I love sanitarium. I, it was one of the first songs that I actively went out and tried to learn that intro on guitar. Um, it, it's just like, it takes you on a journey. It starts off so soft and it just builds up this tension until it's like really heavy. And like all their fourth songs on their albums are like, they start off slow and then end real heavy. And I think that's a really good spooky song. Well, it's one of the better songs on the album. I'm only kidding. I think it's a great song. I think it's excellent. It's it's actually one of the one of the the, the one of the best songs on that album. I, I think it's it, it's a great song, and I, I like the uh, and like um, I'm not sure who said it. The I think Chris said it at the end. There you have that that different kind of thing going on there. I I like it. I think it's I think it's a great song. It's, it's a great pick. And um, hey, that is the. Not that I'm agreeing with anybody, but that's the only album that we've had two picks from. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I would have never, ever thought I was going to even go with that Metallica would be big on this because I don't, Metallica is not like a creepy type band, but uh, I guess they just had a couple of songs. I almost went with Trapped Under Ice um, the uh, off of uh, Ride the Lightning. Um, Excellent. That, that's kind of a, a scary thought. All right, so my last one. There's no words to it. It's simply the theme from Halloween, the movie. <laughs> when I hear this, uh, I will actually watch the movie again this uh, this weekend. When I hear this, it just it scares me back to being like a, a, a ten or twelve year old uh, boy watching that movie late at night, and just uh, gives me the creeps. Uh, even when I hear it, um, it's still to this day, you know, years and years later. Uh, from a, a, just a great movie, and I'm, I'm getting excited about going to see the new one this this weekend. But uh, yeah, and one of the more recognizable, I guess I don't guess you call it a riff on a piano, but you know when the uh, when that plays, man, you know something bad's about to happen. Yeah, and it's crazy that the director John Carpenter just kind of did that on a lark, and was like, I'm just gonna do the soundtrack with this little simple thing, and it's this iconic horror score now, and. It's, it really gets you in the, the chilly, creepy mood really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that that along with Rosemary's Baby are the two greatest scores of all time for horror, and I think that uh, I think that's the greatest horror movie of all time. And like you, David, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Alice on Friday, Halloween on Saturday. Good weekend. And it's a great weekend. Spooky, spooky for Chris. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, guys, um, before we wrap it up, um, I know you guys do this in every one of your podcasts, and we didn't plan to do it, so I'm just going to throw it out there to you. Uh, let y'all chime in. What's uh, what's everybody been listening to lately? I've been listening to nothing but Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> it's uh, I, I've, I've just fallen in love with their new album, and I'm just got on this crazy journey listening to them. It's it's almost an obsession, and I don't know how to stop. <laughs> now, all of their albums are concept albums, correct? Yeah, it's all like the what story, this- right? One single story, yeah, the uh, Amory Wars, it's called. Uh, it's it's crazy, but it's really accessible. Like, even if you tune out the, the lyrics or try to follow the story, the music itself is really, really good. Cool. Plus, Taylor 
Hopkins from the Foo Fighters drummed on one of their albums. So I'm gonna have to listen to that. I haven't heard it yet. I want to listen to that. BC, what what have you been spinning lately on on the turntable? The uh, past few days have been uh, DC4 uh, Atomic Highway. Cool. Great band. If you guys haven't checked them out, check them out. Steve, what about you? Um, other than uh, the Slash album we just talked about, and uh, David, you talked about it on your last show, I've been listening to the uh, Star is Born soundtrack. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's I mean, I went that went to that movie with zero expectations as far as like liking the music, and it's just so good. I've been obsessed. I don't know if I'm like I need to be a mental patient or what. But I've been obsessed with that movie since I saw the trailer the first time. I don't know why. The Some of the songs just, like, give me that <gasps> factor. And um, it's amazing. And, and that Bradley Cooper actually sings some of them songs is amazing. He's got a great voice. And, uh, like, the Lady Gaga stuff. The only one I really don't like on that is the whatever that French song is that she sings in oh, the yeah, club. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, the, uh, like, the songs that they, they do, and they do mostly the whole songs throughout the movie – it's an amazing movie, and I've been I've been listening to that soundtrack like like crazy. I love uh, that uh, that opening. Not what I listen to. I love that opening song. I think it's called Black Eyes. Black Eyes, yeah, yeah. You know that starts the movie. Um, yeah, I was trying to explain to to Chris. I, I thought that song kind of sounded like a cross between Early Brother Kane and uh, the Rival Sons. Yeah, um, and actually, I I listened to your guys' podcast actually this morning when I went on my walk slash run, and. Um, and and you hit it perfectly on the head because when you said that I'm like that's what I was how I was trying to place that song, and um, it's great. The just the 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 musical and the vocal performances on that album in the in the movie are great. Um, there was not a dry eye in that theater when that movie got over with. No, uh, and it, yeah, the ending totally surprised me. We won't give it away, but uh, yeah, oh no, Mr. Craig, what have you been listening to? Are uh, y'all ready for some crickets? I've been listening to. Uh, all like yesterday, today, I've just been listening. I'm still on Bob Mould. I've just been listening to a ton of Husker Du. Husker Du. Oh, man. Well, hey, oh, I, man. You, you guys expand, man. Expand. Expand your, your, your listening, you know. Try some Husker Du, man. Get, to, Chris, get some early early to mid-80s noise rock. Chris, give me give me an album by them to listen to, and I will listen to it, and I will, oh, I will report for it. Honestly, honestly, I just – I don't – I mean, I'll give you something, but I don't know that it would be – He would probably you. he would um, probably like Sugar. You know, that's, that that's actually – that's actually – no, it's, so Bob, Bob Mould is uh, – he's actually had two trios, two successful trios, Husker Du and a band called Sugar, and then he's got solo records. Um but, but David, David is right. That might be a good start. Would be Sugar, and I would say uh, Copper Blue would be the album. Uh, Sugar, um, you might recognize a couple of songs off of it. Uh, I would go if I was going to try Husker Du. I'd go something a little bit more accessible, which would be probably Candy Apple Gray. Candy Apple Gray. And Bob Bob Mold was on uh, the Foo Fighters album that we reviewed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave Grohl is a huge fan, and it's like I said to, to David just the other night. I was, we're all staying on the podcast. If you don't know much about Bob Mold, you don't know him. I guarantee you, one he's the hero of one of your heroes musically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I will check out and I will let you know how I what I think of them. 
All right. So uh, I listened to uh, Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talk podcast last week when he had Nancy Wilson of Hard On for like, I think, probably 90 minutes. And uh, just caused me to go back and, and really hit the heart catalog. And it's amazing when you think of the hits they had and the different kind of phases that band went to. And then to listen to her talk, I mean, she's a true gearhead. I mean, talking about these guitars, you know, just like you, if you heard like, you know, Steve Vai talking about his guitars, um, it was just really, really impressive. And I went back and watched uh, when they got uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, obviously they're from Seattle. And so the last song they were going to play was Barracuda. And she goes, we have some friends that are going to join us. Jerry Cantrell, Mike McCready, and uh, Chris Cornell all come out there and play guitar on uh, Barracuda. And uh, on that podcast, she was talking about she's never been able to replicate the sound that the, that her guitar made for the one take on Barracuda. She's tried it, tried it, tried it, and just never can completely replicate it but uh you know in the in the mid 80s and early 90s you know the, their music got kind of bloated and polished like everything else did and if you listen to that podcast you, they kind of go into the reasons behind that but uh at their very core uh a very good hard rock band um and uh their their version of stairway to heaven at the kennedy scene kennedy center honors when led zeppelin were inducted into the kennedy center uh Go watch it. Uh, it it made it made Robert Plant cry, um, mm-hmm. and it has a full choir and uh, Jason Bonham's on drums and just uh, just amazing. But uh, are you guys Heart fans at all? Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They are. Uh, you know, they they were pretty much trailblazers. You, you never uh, heard that type of music coming from you know from women. Not to. You know, but I mean, that that was the, the thing of the times, you know, you had a, uh, you know, you may have had a, a female in a band here or there yet, you, you know, you had Grace Slick and everything back in the day and Janis Joplin. But now you have a, a, a singer and a guitar player and, and she tears it up mm-hmm. and um, they're just an, an iconic band. And uh, and, and that, that performance at the the, uh, the Kennedy Center, I, I've watched that probably 15 times and it's amazing. Very good. Never get so well, Steve. What do you guys have coming up? Uh, this is going to air Halloween weekend. So, uh, do, do, are you guys you guys have anything on schedule for Halloween or, or right after Halloween? Um, nothing uh, Halloweeny, if you want to call it. Um, <laughs> we have a we're recording a a rush episode coming up this week, and we have uh, we're doing uh, and and I, I texted you that we're we're working on a. Uh, and we were kicking around, and then I was like, "Oh, those guys! Those guys did it—the uh, kind of walk of shame kind of thing that you guys did." Uh, we're working on that for like early next year, and uh, we had a, a, a bunch of shows in the in the melting pot here, and um, we're doing a rush one this this week. And by the time you guys hear this episode, this our episode will be out, and uh, we're, we're doing that with Mark Anthony K from um, the Kiss FAQ podcast. Uh, uh, his awesome project, Gemini Elms, that he put out—he's uh, going to come on with us. He's a huge Rush guy. And, um, and we need to have somebody from Canada beyond the rush. Yeah, podcast. yeah, and that 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 helps also. But uh, we got a, a a ton of cool stuff coming up, and um, we're just we're plugging along here, like like everyone else. It's 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 fun. It's a, it's a labor of love. If uh, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't be doing it. Is that the truth, um, Chris? You got anything before we sign off? No, not really. I mean, I think Steve said everything. This is this is uh. It's a hobby. We've talked about it before. Um, I think everybody doing this is 
it's, we're having the same conversations we've been having for most of our music listening lives. We just now do it and record it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. As always, whenever we hang out with you or talk to you, it's been uh, been an absolute pleasure. Um, Potter than Hell is the podcast. You can find it on all platforms. Uh, that pretty much, I think that you want to find a podcast, and they have a, a Facebook page that they're very active on, posting uh, YouTube uh, videos and um, and songs. And uh, just uh, if you're a fan of hard rock music, uh, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, a lot of fun. Each one of these guys has their own personality, and each one of them, I, I think, are, are very, very funny. And uh, just uh, give these guys a listen. You will enjoy it. Uh, Chris and I will be back with you uh, again shortly. Uh, we hope everybody has a safe and scary Halloween. And once again, a big thank you to Dylan, BC, and Steve from the Potter Than Hell podcast. This is David and Chris. We will talk to you next week.